Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We are starting a new series called, that's what it's called, it's called Called. Turn to the person next to you and say, today's series is called Called. That's what it's called. And so we're coming out of two weeks where we talked about our what, how, who, and we spent some time talking about how we are about creating environments that inspire intimacy with Christ, our relationship with others, and influence in our world. And I think that was a great series for us to recap. If you've been with us for a while, for you to to discover, if you just knew of us. And so, again, you can see that on our podcast. But this series that we're just about to step into, this series called, is is going to focus on those last Four words, influence in our world. Say it with me. Influence in our world. That's what we're going to be looking at, influence in our world. See, we are called to have an influence in our workplaces, in our families, with our friends. We're called to have an influence in our church. Wherever we go, God has called us to make a difference in people's lives for eternity. So today, let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for our time here together. We just pray, Jesus, that we've encountered, that we continue to encounter your Holy Spirit. Jesus, we are not here just to hear words from a man, just to sing some songs. We want to encounter the Holy Spirit. So today, I thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said... Come on, we can do better than that. Everyone said amen. Amen. We're going to jump straight into it this morning. We're going to be looking at the book of Philippians. You can turn there right now. The book of Philippians was written by a man called Paul, the Apostle Paul. He writes it to a church in a city called Philippi, and he's writing to them uh, this, this letter. And if you're new to church or you're new to the Bible, Paul was... Uh, one of the main founders of the early church uh, back all when it all began. And you might say he's an OG. He's the original gospeler. Okay, so some of you don't even know what OG actually stands for, but that's... Okay, Let, I'm going to teach you a lesson here because some of you are a bit too straight lace. OG in common term these days stands for original gangster. But I'm saying he's the OG, the original gospeler. Okay, so that's funny. So anyway, man, all that, all that time working on that joke. All right, I might preach this message in another church. Maybe they'll get it. Anyway, Paul had with him a young man called Timothy. Timothy's a young guy. He's alongside Paul. He's Paul's sidekick. He's Paul's go-to man. He's Paul's mentoree. Paul's teaching him in the ropes about ministry. And so, so when Paul goes out on missionary trips, Timothy's with him. When Paul's there planning churches, Timothy's there with him. In fact, even in the future, it says that when Paul was unable to go out, Paul, uh, sorry, when Paul was unable to go out, Timothy would go out to represent Paul. He'd take letters with him. In fact, Timothy even goes and takes over one of the churches that Paul starts, leads an amazing church in the future. And so Timothy is a man close to Paul's heart. Here's what it says in Philippians 2, 19. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he will cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. 
How good is that? He wants to hear how is the church doing in Philippi. Then he says this, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. Paul says that Timothy genuinely cares about the welfare of the church in Philippi. It's interesting to me that of all the characteristics, of all the attributes, of all the traits that that, that Paul could uh, mention or could bring up about Timothy, he doesn't bring up things such as he's a great preacher or that he's a prophet or that he's famous or that he's rich. He brings up the fact that he cares. He cares. The Greek word that he uses here is, is mirum noe, to be troubled with cares. This is the word that he talks about. He talks about Timothy as a man who is troubled with cares for the church. I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to be troubled about anything, let alone having to care about other people. Anyone like that? Yeah, i got like enough of my own cares and enough of my own worries. But caring mattered to Paul. And, 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 and if it matters to Paul, it matters to us. Theodore Roosevelt said this. You may have heard this. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Like, like you can tell me uh, all these th- amazing things, all that you've done, all this stuff, but you know, if I'm in, in pain or if I'm suffering or if I'm going through something and you, and you don't care enough to even say hello or find out how I'm going, man, I don't care about those other things. But if I know you care about me, then I'll know about some other things. How do we know if we care? Today, I want us to take a test right now, and uh, here's five things I'm going to ask you, okay? And I want you to grade yourself, okay, on these questions. The first one is this. So let's say you're driving down the road, and you see a police car on the side of the road, and he's doing the uh, speed camera stuff. Do you, as you get past him, do you flash your headlights to warn other people that there's a police car up ahead that they might, you know, might book them? Do you do that? Okay, do you care? When you see someone who wants to merge into your lane, like you're in traffic and you're driving along and someone wants to merge their car into your lane, do you let them in? Do you care? Or do you like speed up your car because you're like, mate, that, that's going to cost me an extra three seconds if this guy gets in. Do you care? How are we going, guys? How are we going? One out of two, two out of two, zero out of two. How about this one? When you're at home and you're making a coffee or you're making a tea, do you make a, a coffee or tea for your partner or your spouse before you make your own? Well, we've got, yes, someone said yes, amazing. Everyone else was like really quiet, like the Holy Spirit was convicting them in the moment. Do you care about their coffee needs? How about this one? Uh, you may relate to this if you've got uh, teenage kids. If there's only one ice cream left in the freezer, like the Maxi Bon or a Magnum or a Cornetto, do you ask if there's only one left about the rest of the family, do you want this last ice cream or do you just gobble it up and eat it yourself, throw the wrapper in the bin and try to hide it? Do you care about other people? Because that's what my kids tend to do. They tend to eat the last ice cream all for themselves. How about this one, the fifth one, the final one? In a conversation with someone that you're talking to, do you do all the talking about yourself and how you're going and everything in your world? Or do you take time to allow them to speak, to share with you? Do you allow time to listen to see how they are going in their life, how they are up to what is happening in their world? Do you care enough to listen to them? How did we go in the care test, guys? Five out of five, zero out of five, two out of five. 
Paul continues in Philippians 2.21, all the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Paul is talking about Timothy, how he cares for the church, and then he leads on and he says, but everyone else, they just care about themselves. They don't really care about what Jesus cares about, what matters to Jesus. And I think it's amazing that that Zoe uh, shared the scripture verse this morning because I'm going to lean into it as well. The, The question is, what matters to Jesus? What matters to Jesus? Does the fame matter to Jesus? Does our sacrifice matter to Jesus? Does do riches matter to matter to Jesus? Do songs matter to Jesus? Do all those things matter to Jesus the most? No. What matters to Jesus most that you would love God with all that you are, and that you would love your neighbor as yourself. Like that, the crux of everything that Jesus was about, everything that He came for, was about you loving God with all that you have. With all your heart, your soul, your being, your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. This is what matters most to Jesus. And so this means that in the same way we care for ourselves, we should care for others. We should take interest in their lives. And, and maybe today uh, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, well, I don't take very care of myself. I'm not going to take very care of other people. Well, well, let's take better care of yourself and take better care of other people. But most of us... We do care about ourselves, and so we are to take care of others as we take care of ourselves. Here's the thing, though. I I actually don't believe that we don't care. Like, like I actually don't believe that as Christ followers we don't care. I think that maybe it's not a lack of caring, but maybe it's a a lack of, of, of we don't know issue. Maybe it's more of an issue that we don't know or we don't realize, or we need to be reminded as Christians that Jesus called us to care for the people around us, that God has sent us into this world to care for others. Uh, So today, I want to help us to see how important caring is to God. And so to do that today, we're going to look at a parable uh, in Scripture, and it's a bit of a challenging parable. parable. It's It's one that we read it, and we might feel challenged and convicted, and hopefully I can bring some light to what it's trying to teach us and to help us to understand us. Uh, but if you disagree with how I see it's being, uh, how I interpret it, please send an email to Gabby Blackmore. She will answer your questions. She'll deal with your issues. She'll get back to you. Uh, delete. Anyway, uh, before we begin, here's something we need to realize about parables. Parables are stories. They're not instructional. You won't find anything in parables that will say, do X, Y, and Z. Instead, what parables are, they're stories telling us what the kingdom of God is like. They're stories exposing us to the heart of God and and how he sees things and how he wants things to be. And they will often leave us perhaps reflecting, perhaps questioning, perhaps saying, I'm not really sure I understand what that was about. And, and that's, that's a good thing because what that does is that makes us go away if we are interested in our faith, if we are interested in what Jesus teaches, to go away and seek counsel from someone, a, a godly friend, to go onto the internet and look at a commentary that tells us about the parables, to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me during this, through this parable, through this scripture that you uh, are sharing with us? It brings clarity and can reveal to our lives. So let's read it. It's a long passage, so we're going we're gonna to get into it. Matthew 25, verse 31. 
But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit amongst His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in His presence and He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at His right hand and the goats at His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you when the, from the creation of the world. It says this, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in my home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Say it with me. You were doing it to me. Come on. Come on, we can do better than that. Say it with me. You are doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was heavy and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and, you, and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me and they will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous will go into eternal life. Well, it's really quiet in here this morning. This is a full-on parable. This is a parable. When you read it, if you are a Christian and you read that and you don't go away sometimes until you think to yourself, wow, I hope, I pray that I'm one of the sheep on the right-hand side and I'm not one of the goats on the left-hand side. I would challenge you today to question your faith because it, the, the Scriptures say to work out our faith in fear and trembling. To never assume that we are saved through our own works but only through Jesus Christ. But see, this Scripture, it, it's confronting. You could even say it's scary. And you know what? Sometimes Scripture is full on. Sometimes it is confronting. It can be fronting any time. The culture of God comes up against the culture of our flesh. There is going to be confrontation. There is going to be a battle. So what is this parable saying? I'm going to give us some common interpretations this morning, and then I'll settle on the one which I believe is the most in context. Some people say that this parable is about God giving rewards. They think that God will reward us for the works that we've done in our life here on earth, they don't think it's a reward of salvation, but they think it's some sort of reward in heaven, that we were good to people and so we'll get some sort of reward. Secondly, some people say that this parable is talking about spiritual provision. They're saying that the hungry is talking about a spiritual hunger that people had. 
and that the stranger is the unbeliever, and so that they're going to be need to be fed spiritually, things such as that. And then thirdly, some say this parable is about the gospel. Uh, they believe that uh, we were the ones who were hungry, and Jesus left heaven. Uh, we were the ones who were naked, and He came and clothed us. We, we were the ones who were sick, and He healed us. Uh, uh, we were we were uh, needed to be fed with His righteousness, and all these types of things. And we were in prison, and Jesus set us free. Some people think this is about the gospel, and maybe today is today's your first day in church, and you, you've come to uh, church on a great day today, where we're sort of getting a bit heavy, but. I want to let you know something. Jesus died for you. He loves you. He cares for you. He cares for you. He died for you so much. He loves you so much that he did die for you. And so I want to give you the opportunity at the end of my message to invite him into your life to know Jesus. Some say, fourthly, that this parable is about Christians taking care of the church. And this is where I land. This is where I believe it fits most in context with what this parable says. And I'm not saying that the others are wrong, but I really believe that this is most in context. If we look at verse 40 in Matthew 25, it says, And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. The least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So a couple of things we've got to clear up here. Who is the king? The king is Jesus. When it's scripture verse, it's Jesus here. There's the king. So then who are the brothers and sisters? Are they, are they Jesus' literal brothers and sisters? Are they his parents? Are, they, are, they, are, the, are the brothers and sisters literally our blood brothers and sisters, like our family, our, our, our brothers and sisters, our siblings, our parents, blood or by marriage or by blended family? No, it's not. Your brothers and sisters are those sitting in church right next to you when it talks about in the scriptures. And how do I come up with that? Well, I didn't come up with that. Jesus actually said it himself in Matthew 12, 46. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to the disciples and said, look, these are my mothers and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Those who decide to follow Jesus are the brothers and sisters that Jesus is talking about in the parable we just read about the sheep and the goats. See, when we decide to follow Jesus Christ, we become brothers and sisters of those who are also in Christ Jesus, who also believe in Jesus Christ. So turn to the person next to you and say, hey, you're my brother. Turn to the other person and say, hey, you're my sister. Come, you might want to give them a high five or give them a handshake. So Jesus, when he's referring to, you know, uh, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, he's, he's referring to or taking care of the brothers and sisters He's referring to us in the church taking care of each other in the church. Do you see that? Do you get He's talking about how we are to take care of our fellow Christians. My message today is called to care. We are called to care. See, when we care for other Christians, we are doing it to Jesus. When you care for someone else, another brother or sister, the scriptures say you are caring for Jesus. When you... When you do those things, see, there's, there's a challenge, there's a conviction here today. 
The next time you say the church should be doing this or the church should be doing that, the next time you see that there's a need and you say the church should do that, can I say to you, you're the church. You're the church. I mean, the church isn't the pastors or the name on the building. The church is the people sitting right next to you. So maybe the call or the challenge is to say to yourself, I should be doing something. I should call that sick person. I should make a meal for that family. I should maybe give some money towards that person. I should call that person and see how they're doing today. Today, Instead of saying the church should be doing it because you're the church. And Jesus said, as much as you do it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. Come on, I think we need to give some praise to Jesus this morning. I don't know about you, but I I didn't come to fall asleep in church this morning. See, I'm not saying that the church, the pastors, the staff, those in ministry shouldn't do those things. We are doing those things. We definitely do those things. We are making calls. We are taking food past the families. We are making sure people are well, doing hospital visits. But what I'm saying is this, is the church is more than just us up here. It's all of us. And we are all to be involved and all have our part to play in doing these things. Church, we are all called to care. We are all called to care, church. I'm going to say it one more time. We are all called to care. The kids who come this morning. Today as your pastor, I want you to know that Gabby and I, we care. We care for you. I'll often say to people, hey, can I be praying for you? Hey, if there's anything that you need, please let me know. If you need help, uh, if, there's got some, if you've got something going on in your life, please let us know. We want to care for you. And you might be thinking to yourself, man, this Pastor Bronson, he's such a sticky nose. He just wants to know everything about my life. I know what he's going to do. He's going to go home and gossip to his wife and all these types of things. No, that's not what is going to happen. It's because we genuinely care for you. We want God's best for you. We want his best for your family for your health, for your workplace, for your career, for your business. We want God's best for your whole life. And, and maybe sometimes, I don't do the greatest job of showing it, but we genuinely care and love for you. And our prayer is at Elevation, we're not the only people doing that. Our prayer at Elevation is that there are other people too who are saying, I care as well. I care about the people around me. And so our prayer today would be that you would say to the person sitting next to you, that you would say to the person in front of you, that you would take upon yourself, you would say, hey, if you need something, I am here for you. I pray that afterwards, you know, as we're out having coffees, that, you know, someone would say that there's something going on in their life, that you would say, hey, I want to be praying for you. Would you keep me updated about what's going on in your life? Because I'm standing beside you. I'm standing with you in prayer. You know, uh, uh, let's go and tell our pastors, but come on, we've, we've got this together as well because we care as elevation because every one of us is called to care. And I know this, I am who I am today because Christians cared about me. 
when I needed them the most, when I needed provision, when I needed wisdom, when I needed encouragement, there were men and women of God that came upon my life who cared enough for me, no matter how old I was, no matter how stupid I was, no matter what I had done, they came alongside me and they said to me and they spoke to me and they, they gave me provision, they, they helped me, they were friends to me and they changed my life. Because they cared. And not because I was someone or because I knew someone or anything like that, but because they were men and women of God who knew that as much as they were doing to the least of these, they were doing it to the King who was Jesus Christ. They were men and women of God who saw something, saw someone and said, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to your Holy Spirit voice that is leading me in this moment. I'm going to go over to this man. I'm going to say this or do this or give him this or whatever it is. And there are people here this morning that are going to be touched. Their lives are going to be touched, not by me, but by you. Because you are going to say, God, move on my life. Change, you know, help me to bring encouragement. Help me to bring wisdom. Help me to bring your spirit. Help me to bring the word of God upon these, upon these people's lives. So today my question is, who is the Holy Spirit calling you to care for today? Who's the person in this church, another believer somewhere that God is, is call, calling you to care for? Who's someone that maybe God has had on your heart for a while, another believer, and, you know, for whatever reason, you've just been putting it off, but God's saying, hey, today, today's the day. Come on, do you care? Do you care like I care to come and die for you, to come and, and, and save your life? And there's, there's someone, I know that there is. I know that there's someone, every one of us. But you know what? Here's what's so good. Here's, here's what's the great thing today. I, I, in a lot of respects, I'm preaching to the choir today. In, in a lot of respects, I'm preaching to people who are already doing these things. Because I look out and I look at conversations that happen before and after the church. I hear people tell me things about things going on in their life and how, how other Christians in this church, other men and women, come along beside them and have helped them, they've been praying for them. I hear stories of people meeting others' needs, being them for them, praying for them, encouraging them, being a caring brother and sister. And that is awesome. That's the church in action. That's what we want here. We want the church in action. But perhaps today there's some who need to step up into this space. Perhaps today you've been cared for well at Elevation. Perhaps today uh, Gabby or myself have cared for you or someone else in this church has cared for you well. Maybe today, today you need to step up and you need to start caring for others. Maybe it's enough time on the hospital beds, time to step up and say, in Jesus' name, I've been cared for by God and this church, and I'm going to start caring for others. Maybe you're here for a while, and it's time to go from being cared for to being someone who is caring for someone else. Or maybe you're new here today, and welcome to Elevation Church. It's amazing to have you here, and you need to know that you're gonna, we're going to try to, our hardest to care for and to look after you. And I can't promise we'll always get it right. And, and I can promise that we probably may upset you at some point or time. But what I want to let you know is that everything we do genuinely comes from a place of care and love for you. And we're going to try to care and love you. But what I want to ask you, do you 
would you lean into caring for the people around you? Would you lean into caring for those around you, not just the church caring for you, but for you to be caring for the church? As I finish this morning, I really believe the church is in a period of transition. I really believe the church is in a period of time where things are changing and there's been a, been a period, of, there's been an area of the, over the last 20, 30 years where, you know, churches has tried to do things big and we've tried to do things flashy and we've tried to do, you know, big wow events to, to sort of, you know, uh, have an impressive production value and all these types of things. But I really believe the church is moving past those things and I really believe the church is moving into, into authenticity and genuineness community and relationships. I really believe that there's a deep hunger now for people to find a place where they belong, to find a family with, with you know, the, the lights and the, and, the, and, the, and the screens and all the stuff like that. When COVID happened, it was all gone and all that was left was any community maybe you had with the church. The relationships and the friendships and people are looking to be loved and to be cared for the season that we've been in, the past season with the lights and the flash and the wow and the exuberance and the excitement and all those things has been great. God's seasons are always there for a reason, but I don't believe that's what people are crying out for any longer. I don't believe that that's what we need, church. I believe what we need is to know that we're in a congregation, a church where people love us and people care for us. I believe we want to be in a church where we know that. When we're not well, there's people who are praying for us. They don't have to tell us, but we know. I believe we want to be in a church that when there's something not right in our lives, we can talk to someone and then they're just going to say, oh yeah, that's great. Anyway, about my life, no, they're going to say, man, I- I'm believing with you. Please, can I be praying for you? In fact, I'm not just going to say, hey, bro, I'll be praying for you. I'm going to pray for you right now, right in this moment. You might be at work. You might be in the foyer. You might be in your car. It doesn't matter. Just say, hey, pull over. Hey, I want to pray for you right now. Don't wait. Pray for the person in a moment. Why? Because we care for you. We love you. People need God's love. They need God's care. And they're going to experience it through you loving them and you caring for them. And it's possible that this church could be unlike any other. It's possible that this church could be different than any other. We could be a community of people that are like, you know what? We may not have the greatest of everything, but you know what we do have? A people that love each other and that are there for each other. And we're stepping into the calling of caring. We've been called to care and we're going to lean into it and we're going to care for each other just like Christ called us to care. And today, you know, I, I, I might be laboring the point, but can I just say to you, People want to be cared for and loved. They, they so, so want to. I speak to a lot of people, a lot of people who are leaving the church. And the reason is because, you know, everything was great. But when they needed something, no one was there for them. And I pray that never happens here at Elevation, especially at this current size that we are at. That should never occur. And if you're going through something today and there's no one caring for you, Please, you need to let people know. You need to let people know. But also, church, I would encourage us 
Get alongside people. If you see there's something just doesn't seem right, ask them, hey man, you seem a little bit off today. Are you okay? Is there something I can be doing for you? And church, I would say to you, be authentic. Say, hey, you know what? Actually, no, I'm not good. This is happening in my life. This is happening with my children. Uh, This happened in the workplace. Be honest. Why? Because we're authentic, guys. Come on, we can't be the great church that God has called us to be if we don't be authentic and we don't call, care for each other. Matthew 25, 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus, today I thank you, God, for your scriptures. God, this this parable of the sheep and the goats, Lord Jesus.